Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. People who are regular listeners to The Shaleen Show know that sleep has become my issue, even though I'm considered a health expert and I've talked about sleep. It's your kryptonite. Yeah, but I was a sleep liar. I was a white liar. So I would tell people (laughs) I went to bed at 10 or 9.30 and that I woke up every day around 4.30. But the truth was I was going into my bedroom Mm. at 9.30 or 10. Wiggle room. Awesome wiggles. And not falling asleep (laughs) until sometimes midnight, 12.30, and then waking up at 4.30. And that was in what I considered a healthy stage of Mm. my life when I was in what I like to call stressed success Mm -hmm. and operating as an entrepreneur who believed I could save money if I did everything myself. I told myself I don't need sleep because I wake up fine. So I'm fun. I feel great on two or three hours because I'm a pretty high energy person. Things will start breaking down. They did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know the story, but I know the story. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Um, And so I was in that stress success mode where I was getting like two, three, four, five, maybe four hours of sleep. And then I fixed it and was getting like maybe five hours of sleep, maybe. How long was that? How long did I do that yeah. for? About 20 years. You are a, a mutant. My thinking was, I must be different. I'm one of those people who doesn't yeah. need much sleep and I will make up for it later or I'll just get Botox or whatever. <laughs> and then I started having a lot of issues. I started being very irritable, mm. which I know you talk about. We could talk about that too. We, we need mean, to talk about all like, of this. Yeah. But here's why it became an issue for me. Because one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on the show, because everybody knows they need sleep. Yeah. Everybody. That's like, everyone knows they need to exercise. Everybody knows. Yeah. But we assume we can work our way around these things. And I was one of those people until it became a real health scare for me. And I've spent time at the Amen Clinic and done my sleep studies and mm-hmm. figured out the the damage that I'm now working very hard to repair because yes. I love my family. Yeah. And I didn't like the way who I was becoming. And I didn't want to like have my brain die early. And that's what it was doing, right. really. Right. So... The first thing I want to ask you is the same thing I would ask someone who is a, a weight loss expert, right? Okay. And I yeah. know that's part of your background too. But everyone knows they need this. You're fighting the good fight. Why don't we think it's important enough? This answer is so simple. And I spent time contemplating this for a long time, actually. And the simplicity is where the beauty is at with this. We don't really value sleep because we don't have to do anything. Hmm. Right. So sleep has been this really interesting phenomenon recently where we're having issues with it, where our genes just expect us to do this thing. And today in our society, we're really taught, like, if you're not hustling, if you're not doing 27 things and while having the kids and dropping everybody, like if you're not just overwhelmed, you're not showing up, you know, you're not doing the best that you can. And so having that type of paradigm that we're living in to value something that you actually don't do anything, it doesn't make sense to us. Yeah. And so that's really where it starts. And digging deeper, you know, just digging into the research, you start to find out that all the stuff that you're actually doing is not effective. You know, there's a difference between doing things and being effective. Yeah. You're losing so much of your- I mean, all of the things that we keep ourselves awake. Yeah. All the things we're like, well, I need to get this project done, so I'll sacrifice. 
the public at large doesn't even know why sleep matters. And that's another thing. It's just that disconnection. Because if you've got 10 things to do and sleep is one of them, we'll just ixnay the sleep. You Can know, I but, challenge you on that? Because sure, I sure. think that people do know why they need sleep. It's a fringe level. It's very outer level. It's not mm. that deep visceral, like, I gotta have my sleep. Okay. You know, because it's like, I know I'll feel better. I know, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. But I understand something like, and we can talk about the weight loss thing. So there's a study done by the Canadian Medical Association Journal. This will motivate people. Right. Tell us why lack of sleep makes us fat. Okay. <laughs> so this was published in the journal. And they took two groups of exercisers and dieters, same exact exercise program, same exact diet. And one group got eight plus hours of sleep a night. The other group, they sleep deprived on purpose. So they're getting around five hours of sleep a night or less. At the end of the study, the group that was sleep deprived lost far less weight and far less body fat. The only difference was the sleep. Everything mm-hmm. else is exactly the same. Wow. So what's going on there is my question where I dig around And your body physiologically changes from the exercise that you do and the food that you're eating. A lot of the assimilation happens while you're asleep. Wow. Right. So we're missing that part. Now, here's a big part with the whole weight gain issue. You know, when you're up with the living and gobbling down everything is that just 24 hours sleep deprivation, number one, is going to make you as insulin resistant as a type two diabetic. 24 hours of sleep deprivation? Yeah, for anybody. Okay, but when you say, what is 24 hours sleep deprivation? In my mind, are you telling me I'm up for 24 hours? Yeah, so this is, and of course, this is looking at an extreme, you know, but there are levels to this. Yeah. So just if we stayed up from today to tomorrow, both of us can go get some blood work done. Like, hey, wow, you got prediabetes. Wow. And it's just because your body's doing a lot of processes when you're asleep to repair you. Now, here's the thing with weight gain. So when you're sleep deprived, you're going to get a reduction of about 6% of glucose reaching your brain. Okay. So what does this mean? You can't make decisions is what it means. And here's what was so crazy is that 12 to 14% of that was from your prefrontal cortex. So this is the more human part of your brain. So that part of your brain basically starts to starve. Translation, you get dumber. All right. Mm -hmm. So this is the part of your brain responsible for decision-making, for distinguishing between right and wrong, for social control, for your so-called willpower, right? And now if you've ever had a cookie in your life, if you've ever had ice cream in your life, your brain and your body is going to compel you to get that glucose back to your brain because this is evolutionary biology. You know, 200 years ago, 300 years ago, if you're not sharp, you might lose your life. You mm-hmm. might be able to not procure your food and take care of your family. You need to be as sharp as possible. Your body is just going to compel you to eat more. And I don't know about you, and you've had experience doing this. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard of one person in the history of humanity that was up two o'clock in the morning like, you know what? I want a salad. Sounds, kale sounds good right now. <laughs> I've stayed up all day, all night. You know what sounds it's good? always me. And I think I'm going to soothe my uh, feeling sorry for myself with some kale. No, that does not happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen. You Next thing you know, you've got the orange fingers. You know, you just crust a, a bag of cheesy poops. <laughs> You know, are you looking down the barrel of an empty carton of ice cream? Oh, isn't that You know, it's happened to to us all. And we don't know. And then the guilt sets in because like you're telling yourself, I'm going to make sure I'm working out and you're getting into a battle of your willpower versus your biology Mm. and your biology is going to win. Yeah. All right. And another big issue. So Stanford did a study and they found that again, just 24 hours sleep deprivation, you're going to have a dramatic decrease in your body's mobilization of leptin, which leptin is your body's satiety hormone. And you know this, if you're tired, you're going to want to eat snacks. You're just going to want to eat something. You feel like it doesn't count. Like when you're, it's when you've gone too long between meals or you're extremely tired. For some reason, there's this little thing in your brain that says, this doesn't count because you're (laughs) on empty, you know? Yeah. 
And it really does it because really it's does, when yeah. things are the worst. So let's talk about body fat percentages. I forget the name of the movie that Hillary Swank did where she was a boxer. Do you remember? Million Dollar Baby. Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. I read that to prepare her to reduce her body fat and put on muscle for that role, to transform her body, which a lot of the Shaleen Show listeners are on a journey of doing. They're transforming themselves. That they had her increase her sleep at first nine hours, then 10 hours, and then they were having her sleep like 12 hours. Literally waking her up to eat and then putting her back to sleep so that her body would reduce body fat. Can you believe that? So my question is about exercise, body fat, and sleep. How do those things all tie together? So in the book, I actually talk about some of the top athletes in the world people identify with. LeBron James, Usain Bolt, Sleep is part of their training program, literally, you know, and so many people don't know that about these guys because, again, sleep isn't a sexy topic, you know, but that's what we're trying to do. We're making it sexy, you know, making sleep sexy. Only you could do that, (laughs) right? Am I so right, Nicole? Nicole Walters, my girlfriend, is here and she's just dying laughing, but it is very true. And you never, you know, you just said it's part of their regimen. And when someone walks by, you're like, oh, they've got nice shoulders. Yeah. You never walk, have somebody walk by and go, oh, I bet they get a lot of sleep. <laughs> you just don't. I bet he's a good sleeper. <laughs> so, okay, so here's the deal. When you and I were standing there and looking at your awesome gym downstairs, yeah. by the way, it's amazing. Thank you. And before we're going to work out, we're just going to crush a workout. We're standing there and we're actually in better shape before we do the workout. Okay, so when we're standing there looking at the gym, we're in better shape. If we were to go get a hormone panel done after the workout, some blood work done, cortisol is going to be elevated. Your blood sugar is going to be wonky. Inflammatory biomarkers are going to be elevated. We can possibly get you diagnosed with something, Mm -hmm. right? And the only thing you did was a great workout. It's known as a hormetic stressor. So this is something that's actually going to make you better. You're going to come back better and more able and adapted to the stressor if you repair properly, all right? Or you can keep beating your body down over and over again. You see, they focus more on sleep for her rather than the quantity, which is something that you did. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I got to exercise. And that exercise probably became a crutch because mm-hmm. it's going to falsely spike your cortisol. Right. So that's one of the th- important yeah. things to understand is that your body changes from your workout when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's Amen. when you actually, and this is where the body fat thing comes in to play a couple of things. So number one is the secretion of anabolic hormones, namely human growth hormone, which is known also as, quote, the youth hormone. And we produce it naturally. We all do. Kids have a lot of it. This is why they have so much energy. Like when you're a parent, you go to a park and you (laughs) see the parents are sitting there. They're like part of the scenery. Looking at each other with those eyes like when is nap time? Get down, Billy. I wish somebody would get him down. I'm not You know, so- they have so much energy. And according to the research, right around the age of 18 to 20, we have a pretty sharp decline in the amount of human growth hormone our body's producing. Now, my argument is that it's not because you turn 18, it's because you get out of your parents' house and now you don't have a sleeping schedule, Hmm. right? And so because the greatest amount of human growth hormone is produced when you're sleeping, and in particular, according to the research, you're gonna get the greatest secretion if you're asleep in this money time window. So what is what does that mean? What is the money time for you can't leave us hanging with that all one right, for So timing your sleep is like timing an investment. All right. If you invest a lot at the wrong time, you're gonna get pain. If you invest just even a little bit at the right time, you can get some big rewards. Okay. All right. So this money time window is from the hours of ten PM to two AM. According to the research, 
If you get sleep during that window, you're going to get a greater secretion of human growth hormone. Your melatonin is naturally going to be higher, which melatonin is the get good sleep hormone. It helps to regulate your sleep cycles. It doesn't make you sleepy or put you to sleep per se. It makes sure that you get good sleep quality, not quantity. And that's the thing I never say once in the book that you should get blank hours of sleep. It's really about the quality of the sleep. Yes. And so melatonin is going to ensure that you get really great quality sleep. But it's in that window that it's going to be at its peak. All right. So that's the money time window. All right. So to back up to the exercise part. So human growth hormone is a big part of that lean muscle mass. Right. right? Again, why kids tend to be leaner. And then when you get older, like, what happened? You know, I used to be able to quote get away with stuff. You know, I could jam down, you know, a shake or whatever people are having when you're younger. I know I used to do the Papa John special, which oh. is five dollar for a large pizza. Oh yeah. And I eat the whole thing, but that was the former life. But now, you know, <laughs> people try to pull that stuff, it's just like your butt won't stop jiggling like for two weeks. You right. Know? But right. some people that's okay though, you know, shout out to J Lo. But <laughs> I don't, for, think for she, some, I don't think hers jiggles that much either. Yeah, so that's a whole nother story. Whole nother story. Right, Shout true. out to Beyonce. That's too. another podcast. All right, so now here's what's going on. So this is going to help with the lean, lean body mass, all right? Number one with the human growth hormone. Also with your energy to be able to do your workouts and to feel yes. good and to be consistent with Who it. Who doesn't need more energy? Yeah, yeah. We're like kind of like an energy crisis. Yeah, adrenal you know, fatigue with, with is real. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we can definitely come back and circle around and talk about that too. But here, I want to give people a tip with exercise to help you sleep better. Okay. Right? So Appalachian State did this really cool study and they took exercises and broke them up into three groups. Okay. Group A exercise at 7 a.m. Group B exercise at 1 p.m. And group C exercise at 7 p.m. at night. They found that the morning exercisers who exercise at 7 a.m. spent up to 75% more time in deep sleep when they did go to sleep. All right, so right there Hello. is telling you, yeah. yeah, you can get more quality sleep. And I, this is the headline right here. Yeah. So great sleep, a great night of sleep starts the moment that you wake up in the morning. Okay, a great night of sleep starts the moment that you wake up in the morning. So getting up and doing some activities does not mean you have to hit the gym. You don't have to even do anything extreme. If you like for, I did an experiment last year where I trained in the afternoon. I've been a morning exerciser for mm-hmm. evers, mm-hmm. all right? But this last year I, did, I worked out in the afternoon and it was because of the benefits with testosterone, the benefits with strength gains, your reflexes. And I saw all of those things for sure in working out in the afternoon, but I still did something in the morning, all right? And so this could be a four minute Tabata, this could be a power walk. Oh, interesting. This could be, I have a mini rebounder, you know, the little mm-hmm. mini trampoline. Sure, yeah, I love those. Five, 10 minutes on there, listen to a podcast. You know, just get that in in the morning and it's going to help to set the tone. And here's how it works. So, Okay, can I ask a quick question here? Because sure. my assumption, I've known this and yeah. shared this for many years, but my assumption was the reason why, and I think you're going to tell me it's something other than that, the reason why, or greater benefits to working out first thing in the morning yeah. is that you increase your arousal effect, you mm. increase or decrease melatonin when you're exercising later in the day. But what is it then if you're working out in the morning a little bit, just getting your yeah. heart rate up? Yeah. And and so are you saying that will counterbalance those two things? So here's why it works. Because okay. for some people, they're just the how person. Like, oh, got it. Exercise in the morning. I'm a why person. I want to know why it Me works. Me too. I don't change until I know why. So what's happening is we have something called a cortisol rhythm. All right. A cortisol rhythm. Our natural cortisol rhythm should be Cortisol should be elevated in the morning right around six to eight o'clock, and then it should gradually decline through the day and bottom out in the evening, we'll say around 
6, 8 in the evening to set you up for great sleep. And cortisol ah. and melatonin have an inverse relationship. So that means if cortisol's up, melatonin's down. If melatonin's up, cortisol is down, all right? So by doing that exercise in the morning, you're helping to kickstart your natural cortisol rhythm, all right? Because for a lot of people, clinically, we call them tired and wired, all right? Mm. So their cortisol is elevated at night, which you know, a lot of people experience that where they're just up, like mm-hmm, they're yawning mm-hmm. at six, seven o'clock and at night and they're like, I'm going to get to bed early. But then they just kind of kick on, you know? And so, and then they're super tired in the morning when they wake up, even if they get eight hours of sleep because their cortisol is too low. I see. So that can kind of help to reset and put that cortisol rhythm on track. That's how it works. Fascinating. Yeah. What about those people who are getting what they believe is a full night's sleep or here's something I used to do uh, when I would have three hours of sleep and wake up and feel alert. And then maybe the next night I would get six or seven hours. And for whatever reason, maybe it was a time I was waking up in my sleep cycle. I'd wake up mm. and feel groggy. Yeah. So I would tell myself, oh, I'm better on less sleep. What was mm. that? And how should we evaluate because I know there are recommendations which have changed, and I love that you talk about that in the book, but how should we evaluate the right number of hours for us to have optimal everything? (laughs) You know, this is where the real change is. You know, this is where the work is of you actually paying attention to yourself. And that's a really tough thing in our society today. You know, we're so external. We're so worried about everything else. But to start to listen to your body again, daytime sleepiness is a big indicator that you probably didn't sleep great the night before. Yeah. You know, we don't have to get everybody strapped up to look like you got hit by a <laughs> web from Spider-Man in your sleep study, right? you know? But there's a lot of self-quantifying things you could do, but I like to just keep it simple. Just listen to your body. One of the kind of simple things, like, do you wake up in the morning feeling okay? You know, do you feel okay? Are you waking up before the alarm clock, for example, you know? Or is like the alarm clock the bane of your existence? Mm. You know, so simple things like that can start to tell you. But what what we really need to focus on is stacking conditions in your favor to make sure you're getting through your normal sleep cycles. Mm. All right. So it doesn't really matter how much sleep you get if the quality is screwed up. And one of the things that can I'll just throw this out there. I'm not against drinking, getting a little sippy sippy. All right? And I like <laughs> I like when my wife, right. especially when she has some wine. Oh, you like when she has some wine. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I have that husband. (laughs) So just a little, just a little bit. And uh, if resveratrol, there's some benefits. Sure. But it's the timing because so drinking alcohol before bed is clinically proven, hands down, to help you fall asleep faster. No doubt. However, what's messed up is that it throws off your normal REM sleep cycle. This is what leads to the, quote, hangover. Right. Ah. You can be sleep passed out for eight hours, 10 hours, right. but you wake up feeling like a wreck because your body didn't go through those natural cycles and you don't necessarily know it consciously. This is right. the whole issue. And so it's not about the time on the mattress or for you in the beginning it was time in the bedroom. Right. It's the time that you're spending in that deep anabolic sleep and also cycling through REM sleep. And right. really quick, just to let people know what the difference is. So REM sleep is rapid eye movement sleep. This is when you're getting your dream on. And this is actually a really important process because your your brain at this time is doing something called memory processing and converting what you're learning right here on the Shaleen Show right at this moment into a part of solid structure in your brain. It's turning into a short-term memory. I like to describe that process, if I may, as you're taking 
everything from the day and putting it in order. So it's kind mm, of like yeah. somebody takes all of your clothes in your closet and they throw them on the floor. Mm. And during REM sleep, it's somebody like hanging them back up. Mm. The skirts are where they should be. The blouses are organized by sleeve length. And if you don't get that REM sleep, you are just dealing with one big messy closet yeah, in your head. I love that. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. You can use it. It's a fashion <laughs> analogy. Um, and, you know, because that really, for me, I didn't realize how important that was, that REM sleep, and why it was having such an effect on my ADD, my memory, mm, and, yeah. you know, going through the process of doing a sleep study. And then I did a nap study mm. because when I was sleeping enough hours, I wasn't getting enough REM sleep. Yeah. And so it's when we, I did the nap study, it was hysterical. I mean, like they could go sleep. I'd like snap a finger. I'd be <laughs> so, cause I was so yeah. deprived even with eight hours cause I wasn't getting proper REM. Yeah. So for those people who are having a glass of wine, cause like everything is so conflicting, uh, you know, a, a glass of red wine a day is what we hear publicized in the news and, or, you know, drink a cup of coffee a day. Like coffee's bad for you. Drinking's bad for you. So if people are going to have a glass of wine or whatever their cocktail is, is there a right time to have it by? And is it worse than to have a drink just before you go to sleep? Yeah. So this is a great question. And I actually give some strategies on how to buffer the experience of getting your sippy sip on <laughs> and still being able to get some good sleep. Okay. So we do want to give our body, ideally give your body a couple of hours before you're planning to go to bed so your body can help to process and to eliminate a lot of the the toxins that are going to be generated. And so really simply a way that you can help to accelerate that process is just drinking a lot of water. Right? I see. Yeah. It's kind of dilute. So nature's solution to pollution is dilution, you know, so kind of nature's solution to pollution is dilution. <laughs> is that yours? No, I don't know where it came oh, from. Oh man, I'm going to give you credit for that. Though. So like, I've I'll never take heard it. that before. I'll take it, but just making sure that you're getting hydrated. You can even keep a pitcher of water there at the table. You know, if you guys are having some cocktails and it's really as simple as that. So also instead of maybe doing like an all night thing, you know, yeah. with the girls, maybe go for happy hour, you know? I see. So just give your body some time to process the alcohol. How about have a glass of wine with dinner and not a bottle of wine the whole night? Yeah, that could be that? a strategy, but some people are like, I know I gotta pop this bottle, I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna kill it. You know, wow. so yeah, that's you that are, makes for a rough morning. <laughs> exactly. But if you are doing that, just do it a little bit earlier. Exactly. So is there a right time to wake up? Is there a right way to wake up so you don't feel startled? So you don't feel like sometimes I wake up and I'm like, that was yeah. sudden. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, that was really nice. Yeah. And so this really speaks to our normal sleep cycles for the average person. They're about 90 minutes. And if your alarm clock goes off in the middle of a sleep cycle, again, even if you're getting good quality sleep, you might wake up feeling a little groggy because it's pulling you out of a certain stage. So I recommend people to time their sleep along with 90 minute sleep cycles. So that would line up to be seven and a half hours of sleep generally. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to take 90 minutes off, six hours would be my recommended minimum amount okay. of sleep. And I think a lot of people can do really solid with that if they do all the things to stack conditions to make sure they get quality sleep. Then like those superstar players like LeBron James, he's at the 10 mark, you know, so or nine to 10. So you're adding on another additional sleep cycle on top of the seven and a half. Wow. So it's just something to, to play around with, you know, to try to get 90 minute sleep cycle instead of the cookie cutter. You need eight hours of sleep. You need yeah. whatever. Just experiment with this stuff to try to find out. If someone is on a journey right now to lose weight, yeah. how important is 
extra sleep? Mm, like, should they be yeah. getting the recommended number of hours? Will they see better results if, say, they get an extra half hour hour? Let me tell you. I mean, there's very few things that really get to me, but like 24 hour gyms, it's just so <laughs> it's so counterproductive mm. because people have this idea, you know, like I just got to get it in. You know, not understanding that you are at such a disadvantage with your body's ability to even burn fat in the first place because you're not sleeping properly. You know, so I would definitely recommend people foregoing an hour workout and work out for 10 minutes and then get great sleep. Nice. You know, and you know this too, like the power yeah. of just doing a smart exercise program. It doesn't have to take a long time. Yeah. You know, but you need that sleep for your body to transform. Oh, it's so good. And now let's talk about shift workers because okay. I get yeah. that a lot from people who are like, I would love to, yeah. but I don't have the luxury because I'm, I'm a shift worker. So how do they work around that? And I guess we just have to be honest and say it's not healthy. Yeah. That's the first thing to understand. And I actually, I speak to this a lot because there are a lot of public health experts, you know, our physicians, our nurses, our public safety, you know, firefighters, police officers who are just getting crushed right. by sleep deprivation. Yeah. And the research is shocking. When you see the rates of you know, high blood pressure and diabetes in police officers who work overnight compared to their coworkers, same thing with nurses. There was a fantastic nurse study done and they found that nurses who do shift work, okay, so working over the overnight shift, about a 50% greater increase of breast cancer. Wow. Right? And here's what's so crazy is that even if it's not consistent, so if they just do it part-time through the week, maybe two or three days, and that's a, a big thing with hospitals that do 12-hour shift three days a week, and then they get back to a normal schedule, they have almost the same rate Well, let's talk cancer. about their ability to make, you know, when you're administering life-saving medications, when you are suturing up somebody's heart, yeah. how does sleep deprivation, being off your sleep cycle, let's say they're even getting the right amount of hours, yeah. what are we dealing with when some we're, ta- we're putting that somebody's life in the hands of someone who's sleep deprived? Yeah, it's scary. It can be very scary. And, you know, I also talk about the comparison with driving drunk mm. and being sleepy. The how research, do they compare? They're almost the same. And the National Highway Patrol and all their their research, it's really hard to track because of tracking somebody who's sleepy versus somebody with a blood alcohol level. But there was a great Mythbusters episode that I cite in the book. And the Mythbusters themselves, they admitted it was the most dangerous experiment that they did driving while sleepy. And they had a police officer there to monitor everything. And it was crazy. Yeah. And so physician study. All right. This was actually done on physicians. They did a task. They did a procedure. Sleep deprived them for 24 hours, had them do the same exact thing. Took them 14% longer to do the same exact thing, and they made 20% more mistakes. Why do we let dumb things continue? Like, it's who does it serve? Like, why do we let these things just continue? Like, doctors don't want to work those shifts. I don't think. Like, it's silly. This is one of those things where you you don't know what you don't know. But we do know. Not to that extreme. Like that study that I just cited, most yeah. people don't know about that. They know like it's probably not, but it's like, I want him to do it though still, you know, like he's got the expertise, but what we all want, we don't mm-hmm. want our physician. We don't want our husband or wife. We want the best of them. Your, your kids want the best Absolutely. of you to show up. Yeah. And we're not showing up as that person when we're sleep deprived, period. No. Let's talk about how sleep, because I listened to a recent podcast of yours about relationships and sleep. <laughs> yeah. And and by the way, there's so many experts that talk about sleep and talk about how beneficial it is. Can I say for the record, what I love about your book is it's 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know it's good for us, but can you tell me how to get it? Can you help me make changes in my life so that I can actually get it? And you do. You provide so many solutions and so many, well, okay, fine. If that doesn't work for you, try this. And well, then try this. Like there's, mm. there's just no excuse after you read your book that you're not going to get more sleep. And I want to thank you for that. Big hug. Thank Seriously, you. Seriously. <laughs> it's awesome. I love, you're the first person I've ever you know, read or, or heard from that has a position mm. on your sleep position that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. And you guys, you've got to pick up the book for that reason alone, because I think we all struggle with what position we sleep in and yeah, you really matters. handle that well. Like I'm like, Brett and I were like high-fiving. <laughs> That's awesome. But you know, to go back to the point of the relationships yes. that you mentioned, Brett, Wow. I mean, I just did a show about this on my podcast and wow, this was very sobering when I saw the research. So first of all, here's what's going on in the brain. Uh, we mentioned a little bit about the glucose issues. So UC Berkeley did a study, brain imaging scans, actually looking at what's going on in your brain when you're sleep deprived. So number one, your amygdala, which is this quote reptilian part of your brain, very primal part of your brain that's mainly concerned about survival of self. Mm -hmm. That part of your brain is lit up mm -hmm. after 24 hours sleep deprivation. It's on fire. Right. The more evolved prefrontal cortex, insular cortex, what we talked about earlier, that's the more human part of your brain that's responsible for distinguishing between right and wrong, social control, making decisions. It's cold. That part of your brain is going cold. Hmm. You basically, you're getting an amygdala hijack. All right. And so that part of your brain is taking over and you're very reactive. You're very aggressive. You're very irritable. Right. And so your best friend can look like your worst enemy when you're tired. And a lot of times we don't know what's happening. It's just like, you're stupid. <laughs> you know, like we don't even we don't understand that we are not processing information properly. And so they took couples, study done on couples. And it was a two week study. And they found that the couples who had sleep issues. So if one, just one of the partners had a sleep problem the night before, they were like 20, 25% more likely to argue the next day. Okay. Wow. Just automatically and to not resolve the argument. Because right. one of them is already in a heightened, unreasonable state where yeah. th things seem bigger, right? Right, right. And there was a Which is never good for any relationship and especially not. not good for because resolving a lot of the fight. things too are irrational so it'll be like the dishes you know like will just be the the yeah. most horrible thing in your life or traffic you yeah. know like it'll all be pulled out of context everything will seem so much more inflammatory but it's because that primitive part of your brain is running the show and there was a different study, and this was the part that was the most sobering for me. It doesn't matter if you got great sleep. If your partner didn't get great sleep, you're far more likely to have a negative conflict the next day. Okay? And this is because they are in that state. Not because it affected your sleep. Right. Oh, that makes sense to yeah. me. So, yeah. And automatic because you're like, what are you talking about? You know, yeah. it doesn't make sense. And you get pulled into it. So well, let's this talk is a about call. that emotional state. And I don't mean to interrupt. I want you to go back to that thought. But oftentimes when people are dealing with a trauma or a setback yeah. or something mm -hmm. really upsetting or challenging, you know, you can think of something right now that's incredibly upsetting that affects your sleep yeah. and affects your emotional state. Yeah. The best thing you could do, it sounds like from this research, and after I listened to that episode of your show, by the way, I don't think we've mentioned this yet, Sean has an amazing podcast called The Model Health Show. And when I heard that about the emotional state and sleep, yeah. 
it made me realize like, if you're going through something traumatic, you need to sleep. Yeah. Yes. You've heard the saying sleep on it, you know, just actually allowing yourself to relax and recover because you're going to show up better for everybody who might need your support the next day. So another thing that it requires a more evolved human brain is compassion. Mm. So we can easily be in a state of sympathy, you know, like I'm in it with you or empathy even, you know, it's like, I feel what you're feeling, but to have compassion is like, I understand how you feel. Mm. How can I help you? You know, and you're not emotionally pulled into it so easily because you're not run by that emotional reactive part of your brain. So I hope that makes sense. It does, especially in relationships, because, you know, a lot of us are attracted to someone who in many ways is our opposite. Yeah. And it's really hard when you're in an emotional state to feel compassionate for someone whose life would be perfect if they were just more like you. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. (laughs) And it's hard to feel compassion. It's hard to. Perspective take. Yeah. Yeah. And so to be in a heightened state, which you're explaining really is affected by lack of sleep, is just making everything worse. You know what else that was so just, and it made sense too, is that also you're missing out on the positive emotions. So the research was showing that after having an achievement, if you're sleep deprived, you don't feel as happy versus people who achieve something and they were well rested. Weddings are a perfect example, you know, like there's so much that goes into it, but then you just, you can't fully embrace and enjoy the process, you know? So this happens for a lot of things. Like you're working so hard to achieve something, but if you're draining yourself, you're not going to get that fulfillment and that joy. You're going to look back on it with a different color vision, you know? And um, so this is just another encouragement. Like if you want to get the juice out of life too, and to really be present, to enjoy, just make sure you're getting your sleep on because- Again, there's a difference between doing work and being effective. And I mentioned that physician study. You're going to make a lot more mistakes. You're not going to have your full capacity for creativity, problem solving. You're going to get more work done faster if you're well rested and you'll be able to enjoy the process. Wow. People, you need to pick up the book. Here's some things that you're going to learn in the book. And it's why you need to pick it up. And that is you're going to learn how your room needs to be set for sleep. You're going to learn about your environment. You're going to learn about your devices. You're going to learn about um, what you should be sleeping in. You're going to learn about sheets. You're going to learn about what you should be wearing. You're going to learn what positions to be in and how to figure out. Like, Because some of you are side sleepers or your tummy sleepers or back sleepers and you just need to understand, okay, if I'm not going to change this, how can I improve this? Yes. And Sean, you give so many awesome solutions where you know people are still going to want to engage in their routine and, and regular behaviors. And you really give so many solutions for people that this is the book that's going to help you get more sleep. I hold firm in my belief that I think most people know sleep is good for them and they need more. You are fighting the good fight because we are so distracted and we are so called to do more. And the message from everyone is hustle and sleep when you die and work a little harder. (laughs) And if you want it, yeah. Yeah. And if you want it, you're going to have to put in, you're going to have to sacrifice. And most people look at their day and their schedule and they say, I can't sacrifice anything, I guess, except sleep. I love the word sacrifice because for me, it means, and I'm a big student of lexicon, like I love to break words down. So it means to make sacred. And this is what it's really about. It's making sleep sacred, you know, making your health and your showing up as the best version of yourself a sacred practice. So sleep is no longer an obstacle. It's something that helps to complete you and make you the best version of you, you know? So 
instead of having even that thing of I'm sacrificing this to get that, make sacred, even creating a sacred sleeping space, you know, which is what we talk about in the book, creating your sleep sanctuary, where my mission is not to tell people to sleep more, it's to sleep smarter, yeah. you know, stack conditions in your favor so that the sleep that you do get is awesome and you can show up and, and crush it every day. So Sean, tell people how they can get their hands on your book. Awesome. So if you go right now, so it's the pre-launch stage, we're giving away some absurd, beautiful, awesome bonuses. Go we to love sleep- bonuses. Bonus <laughs> bonus sandwich. Bonus me. It's sleepsmarterbook.com. Sleepsmarterbook.com. Okay. Right. And I know that people have been around, especially your audience, people releasing books and they're giving mm-hmm. away like a PDF to like learn how to tie a knot or some random sure. thing oh, that yeah. has not nothing to huge. do with what you actually want. Right. And so my mission was to, because I don't ask for a lot, you know, I've just been somebody who's just given everything that I have. And so all these amazing companies that I've been involved with over the years, they were so willing to help and to give to this mission. So we're giving away like actual supplements. We're giving away physical things. We're giving away a $25 gift card to Thrive Market, which is basically like, kind of like Whole Foods online. Really? $25? Wait, so you- That's crazy. For every, yeah, just for buying one book. So one of the things I talk about in the book, which is really, really important to mention here, is magnesium. Mm-hmm. All right. So there was a really crazy study done on people with chronic sleep disorders, aka insomniacs. One hundred percent of them were deficient in magnesium. Really? And after getting their magnesium levels elevated, it effectively reversed the issue. Wow. All right. So, but here's the issue though: is that trying to take it in supplement form you know, basically orally, um, there's something called a, basically a threshold point that you'll hit and it will cause, we'll call it disaster pants. You gotta be careful taking a lot of internal magnesium magnesium because it pulls water to your bowels. True. Not sexy, right? No, it's not. I found that the best and most effective way to get your magnesium levels optimized is topical application. So putting it on your skin. And so a lot of people might like, how does that even work? Hormone creams. Okay. Epsom salt is actually magnesium sulfate stored for a long time to help you to relax, ease sore muscles, help you to sleep better. But this particular magnesium that I've been using for three years, it's right by my bed stand and I'm out of town with you guys. So it's right. I bring it with me. It is incredible. And we're giving away bottles of that as well. Wow. So all kinds of cool stuff In like addition, do you that. pick one bonus or you get all of them? Depends on which bundle, if you get a book okay, bundle gotcha. and then you also get a video series with me, you know, so- all kinds of cool stuff. And so, for those people who might be listening to this podcast after your book releases, which yeah. it comes out March 15th, March 15th. So yeah. you definitely want to get on the pre-order because you are rewarded <laughs> with those bonuses. But let's say you happen to be listening to this after the release, uh, look for it in bookstores. Can we find it in bookstores? Absolutely. Yeah. So it'll be in every bookstore around the nation and we've got some crazy stuff happening internationally as well. So it's wow. getting translated in a few languages. Dang. Um, yeah. And Amazon, so, of course. Yes, Amazon. And how long before we get an Audible? Because you know I'm a big Audible fan. <laughs> yeah, we're working on that okay. now. With- Don't wait, people. You know, I always say, buy the hard copy and yeah. then listen to it because repetition is the key to learning. And when we really learn something and we understand it, that's when we make permanent change in our lives. Yes. And Sean, this has been so enlightening. I could 
turn this into a four hour interview. I want people to know. I want them to know so many of the things that are contained in this book. Should you wear a bra to bed or not? You'll know when you read the book. Should your husband be wearing boxers or tidy whities or should he be sleeping in the nude? You'll know when you read the book. So pick up your copy. And Sean, thank you so much for being a guest here on The Shalene Show. You're the best. Thank you so much. This episode has been sponsored by CourageousConfidenceClub.com. It's a club that I've created specifically to help people who struggle with confidence and insecurities and social settings and and just standing up for themselves, being yourself and feeling good about it. All of us could benefit from having more confidence. I'd love for you to just experience a taste of it. So please be my guest by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips. Now, if you don't feel like writing that web address down, or remembering to go there later, all you have to do is, while you're listening from your phone, send me a text message. The number is 949-565-4337, and that is for U.S. residents. Then just send me the word confidence, and I will send you access to this video. This video will help you to eliminate self-doubt and just feel more confident in any situation, whether it's work or personal or just your social interactions. Every one of us can benefit from having more confidence. There you'll submit your email address and I will immediately send to your inbox my latest training video where I teach you step-by-step how to feel more confident in just about any social setting. I think you'll find this incredibly useful, whether it's business or personal or just in your everyday interactions. Confidence is something that makes life easier. It helps you to raise more confident, self-efficient children. It allows us to speak our mind, to stand up for ourselves, to do the things that otherwise we are paralyzed by fear and we just allow our own thoughts to stop us. By learning how to overcome self-doubt and fear of success, you can become that confident person that others are attracted to. The person you want to be, the person you deserve to be, the person you know is inside of you. So thank you for checking out my free tools by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips.